in this campus, not just in the city campus, not just in Pukekohe, but uh, across, across the board. This is the largest single month in our church's history across all our campuses. Isn't that amazing? God's just doing incredible stuff, seeing souls saved everywhere and, and just amazing, amazing things happening. So we're just so glad that you're a part of it and that you get to help us uh, do what God's called all of us to do and see this world transformed for Him. We're not going to take up any more time because I want to just let the party get started. Uh, we've got with us all the way from Adelaide, Australia, our, our very good friend, Pastor David Hall. Now, David is, hold on. You get more applause than any of us do whenever you come here, by the way. The, David is really um, a Holy Spirit evangelist to this generation and to the world right now. He is uh, such a powerful voice for the things of God. Just goes, wherever he goes, he just stirs up a passion for the Holy Spirit. And uh, we're so pumped to have you here, bro. It's so good to have you with us in this house. And you're such a good friend uh, to us and have been a long-term friend now to us. Uh, and uh, so your investment into our church and our conference uh, and everything that we do, we're just so honoured. So his church is blowing up in Adelaide, Australia. Uh, he's got Australia. That's how you say it, right? That's it, man. And uh, they're just seeing God do amazing, amazing things in their church. And, and uh, not only is He going around the world just seeing God light fires everywhere, but it's happening at home for them as well. And their church is doing incredible, incredible stuff. And so He's literally in tonight. He's out tomorrow morning. He's off to Melbourne tomorrow uh, doing a conference as well over there. But uh, it, it, this, is, this is what's cool. This is what make, should make all of us feel special. God spoke to him this year and said, don't do any preaching in New Zealand but He chose to come to us. He thought, you know what? He's going to ignore the voice of Almighty God because He loves us so much. I might be bending the truth a little bit on that story, but we're just stoked to have you, David. We're, just, we're honoured to have you. Church, can we stand to our feet? Let's honour Pastor David. Oh. Kia ora. Uh, before you sit down, firstly, I've got a couple of things that I need to just get off my chest. Um, the new sound system is awesome. It just sounds like velvet in here. I mean, Steve's voice just sounds beautiful. It was like the velvet tones. I'll tell you why the church is growing. Everything just sounds so much better. Except, except for, except for Dan, you sound, you've sounded great for the last forever. You, you are just awesome. In fact, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Adamson's worthy of your, of your gift, but man, just for one minute, just for one second, can we just lift our hands to heaven, right across the house? Can you just play something, preferably Christian? Um, Jesus, we bless you. Heart and soul. Lord, let the Holy Ghost fall tonight at heart and soul. Jesus, we bless Your Name. Jesus, we honour You. We thank You that You've got a plan for New Zealand. And Lord God, You've got a plan for this church. And Lord God, You've got a, a purpose for it. And, and Lord God, we thank You for what You're doing in this place. Thank You for an incredible start to 2020. And Lord God, I thank You that we're going to see Australia, New Zealand in revival. You've got a plan. You're going to... You're going to do something.
supernatural by the grace of God in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. Can I just say, I look forward to, I, sometimes, often, often, I have to travel somewhere and I'll, I'll be, the night before I'll be packing and I'll say to Donna, that's my wife, uh, it's not just some random woman. Uh, we have pledged faithfulness to one another. So far, so good. Uh, but, but I said to Donna, you, often I go, I don't want to go. I do not want to go. And like, on, like, honestly, like some places, no one does want to go to them. It, it, like Sydney and Melbourne. <laughs> no, I like those places. But I said to her last night, I was just bouncing around the house. She goes, what are you so excited for? I said, I'm going to Auckland. And uh, I'm pumped. And, and I love, I tell you, I, this place is very special to me. And as a young pastor, I would have been, I mean, I'm a young pastor now, I'm 38, you know, I'm young, just a spring chicken. But, but when I was much younger, I was preaching at some other church here in New Zealand. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you which one, but I was staying at a hotel in the city. And I walked past the city campus of, of where, where you are, Pastor Mike. And, and, and uh, so I just walked inside, I let myself in. Your security there is pretty average. I got, I got out with two laptops and a data projector. I was pumped. And so that's how we started our church. So I just wanted to thank you for your investment. No, that's not true. So I remember walking around, I saw Pastor Luke and Pastor Marilyn's photo in the foyer. And I thought, oh, these people look awesome. And I just came out of my mouth and said, God, I'd love to preach here one day. And you know what? That's been like 15 times. I'm like, you know, God, you could drop it back a little. I've got, I've got a family. And, no, but I am, but I'm, to, to be honest with you, I, I, the first time I came here, I just fell in love with this church. And I think Pastor Luke and Pastor Marilyn, they're like, they're the most under the radar legends I've ever met anywhere, ever. Like they're just, they're awesome. And I, I just love to see what God's doing, raising this place up, new pastors, giving this church a whole new season of leadership and vision. And what God's doing is so good. And this place is healthy. It's not toxic. You know, you don't come each year and there's a new associate pastor and a new, and a, and a new this person, a new that person. It's just like, you just come every year and everyone's just looking a little older, you know. And I'm changing, I've had Botox, so that changes things for me. But you've gotten better looking. It's such an honour to be here. Thank you for having me tonight for the first heart and soul of 2020. This is my first international trip for 2020. And I'm pumped to be in New Zealand. I feel like God's going to do something. And there we go. That's my best intro. I've been rusty. I haven't travelled for three months. I've been, been home. Someone's got to run my church. My staff are useless. So I've had to step back in and do some work. Now nah, they're awesome. Hey, thank you, Ben. Give these guys a big hand. And You may be seated. It really is a privilege to be back here and I feel like God's gonna do something good in the house. And first heart and soul for 2020. I thought I'd, I thought I'd preach really something that's, I, I pray would just shift our faith a little bit for the, for the year ahead. And, and I believe God's going to do something. A church uh, isn't healthy unless the heart and soul's healthy. And this is a healthy room. And I feel like there's enough potential, there's enough gifting, there's enough grace 
uh, in this room to shake this nation for the glory of God. And, and so we, I, I really do believe tonight, and nights like this is so significant, and I'm believing God's going to touch people. I'm going to preach for about 25 to 75 minutes, something in that range. <laughs> And, and at the end of the message, I, I want to I just flow a little bit in the anointing and pray for some people. So let, just even before we start, don't, don't, don't sort of get to the end of the message and go, you know, God, if you want to touch me, you can. You're welcome if you want to. Uh, you know, I, I give you room. Don't, don't give room. Grab a hold of the hem of the garment of Jesus and say, tonight is my night for a, a breakthrough from God and God's going to do something in the house. I feel like even my voice sounds good in this sound system. It's very... Very nice, very powerful. Acts chapter one. I've really only ever preached from two chapters in the entire Bible. It's Acts one and Acts two. I'll be, I'll be spending time in both tonight. The book of Acts chapter one. And I wanna read from verse one and we'll go all the way down to, to verse nine. If you've got it, say amen. It says this. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Somebody say do. do. Say do, do and teach. I love that. He didn't just teach the truth of the Gospel. He demonstrated it in power. He didn't teach, He also did. He didn't just talk about healing, He did healing. He didn't just talk about deliverance, He did deliverance. He didn't just talk about multiplication, He did multiplication. He didn't just talk about breakthrough, He brought breakthrough. He didn't just talk about resurrection, He was a resurrection. He, these are things He did and, and taught. And the Bible goes on to say, verse 2, until the day in which He was taken up, after He through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And it goes on, it goes on here in verse 4 and being assembled together with them, he commanded them. Somebody say, commanded them. Do you say commanded or commanded in New Zealand? Commanded. He commanded them. See, you sound so classy over here. He commanded them. He took them to a dance and they pranced while having a glance and they commanded Him. He never took anyone to any such dance. I was just making that up. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which He said, I'll, I'll read on in a second. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. He said, uh, He commanded them. He commanded them. I find that an interesting word, commanded. It is a, an absolute order from an authority bigger than the person hearing. I can't just command someone to do something. I can only command where I have authority. And, and, and Jesus, He knew the authority He had. These were His followers and He commanded them. He said, He, he, well, he didn't say, Yea, verily I beseech thee by the mercies of me, uh, go ye, he, he, he commanded them, he commanded them. He said, do not leave Jerusalem until you get filled with the Holy Ghost. He commanded them. Now, the reason I keep banging on about commanding is really because that's the title of my message tonight is the last commandment or the last commandment, whichever way you wanna say it. But this is, this is what I wanna just 
talk about for just a minute. He commanded them. Not very often in Scripture will you see that God commanded people to do things. In Exodus 20, Moses goes to the mountain, gets a revelation from God and is given 10 commandments that we live by. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not covet thy mother-in-law's dingo, thou shalt, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, thou shalt not commit adultery. I mean, these are rules to live by and really the law of Moses, much of Western law is, uh, is built on the foundation of the law that's been given to us. And so we, we look at this and we, you can go to every church, <coughs> any church that is like a legit church, anywhere in New Zealand, anywhere in Australia. I don't know a Christian yet that I've met that doesn't believe in the Ten Commandments. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah, nah, murder's good now, we're under grace. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can still go to kids' church and there's signs in some kids' churches that have the Ten Commandments on the, on the wall of the church. I mean, I mean, this is something we, for, for, for 6,000 years, we still believe in the Ten Commandments. Does anyone believe in the Ten Commandments? It's a test. You're no longer a life group leader if you don't believe in the Ten Commandments. Look, we're, we're a bit generous here in New Zealand. You can believe in eight of them. I'm just being silly. Seven. John 13, 34, we read about Jesus. The Bible says Jesus gives us a, a new commandment to love one another as He has loved us. Matthew 23, Jesus gives us two commandments. So love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, heart and soul. Praise the Lord, that was an accident. It was, must have some prophetic significance. Uh, to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and to love your neighbour as yourself. There is not a Christian in the world that doesn't agree with all of these commandments. We know that they're serious because they're commandments. Do you see where I'm going? And Jesus, He's about to off to heaven. And He says, I've got one more commandment. This is the 14th commandment. Yes, we're a full gospel church. We believe in the 14 commandments. He says, He commanded them. He didn't do it as angry as I just sounded. He commanded them. He commanded them. He said, don't leave Jerusalem until you are filled with the Holy Ghost. He was talking to a room like this. He was talking to His people, His followers, those that that supported Him, those that were in ministry with Him, those that had seen the miracles, those that He'd raised up, those that He healed, those who He delivered. And He said to them, basically, do not start a church. Do not start a ministry. Do not try and start a home group. Do not start a Bible college until you first obey this command and get yourself full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Because this thing is not a sprint, this is a marathon. And I'm, a, I'm in it 16 years being a preacher. Some, there's people in this room that have been doing this a lot longer than me. But at the end of the day, I can tell you now, I love Jesus more than I ever did. I, I, I pray more than I've ever prayed. I talk to Him, I feel His presence, I feel His anointing. But can I, can I tell you, I never, I never could be doing what God's called me to do if I hadn't submitted to the same commandment. 
get filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, go and wait in Jerusalem till you are endued. You are clothed with power. Let me read it. Man, I feel like I wanna run around this place. I'm, I'm getting a bit excited. I've been stuck in Adelaide for the last three months. I mean, I had to go on holidays to Port Vincent in the caravan park. You talk about torture. You talk about torture with my mother-in-law. My God, Father, would you help me? So you say, David, why are you in New Zealand? Holidays, this is a holiday. My mother-in-law's watching on the live stream. Still believing you're gonna get saved, Mum. Nah. Father, help me, I feel the spirit of mischief. It's the 10th gift of the spirit. And it's in this church, it just, it just is. It's just, it's just, it's in here. How's it going so far, Pastor Steve? Is this, was this what you were after? He, well, I'm doing what he said. He said, I need something serious, just with a little bit of content. He said, he said, he said go and wait for the promise of the Father, which you've heard from me. John truly baptised in water, but you'll be baptised with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. You know, people make jokes and say, New Zealand's the ends of the earth. Can I make an actual serious statement? I'm not trying to be funny. The furthest capital city in the world from Jerusalem where Jesus spoke those words is Wellington. This is probably the, the biggest city, the, the, a city of this size, this would be the furthest most big city in the world from where Jesus said those things. And so, so when you start to recognise that we are literally sitting here, Spirit-filled, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost-filled believers, we are, we are a room that is fulfilling the very thing that Jesus said right there. His power, His power didn't just stop somewhere in the Middle East or stop in the top part of Africa. It reached to every corner of the world. Thank God it included Australia and New Zealand. Bless God, the rubber gumboot. But he says this, he, say, he, 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 he says, you'll receive power and the Holy Ghost. He commanded them. The commandment was to wait. Yet in Mark 16 and Matthew 28, he says, go. Go into all the world. Preach the Gospel. Acts chapter one, he says, wait. You said, go. <laughs> now you're saying, wait, which is it? He says, it's go, wait, go. He says, go, but don't go without power. Go, but don't go without anointing. Go, but don't go without the fire of God. Go. So what's a, what's a heart and soul night? Well, we're gonna go, 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 go this year. Pastor Stephen, Pastor Luke and Pastor Marilyn and Pastor Bex, they've got plans for New Zealand domination by, by the end of March. And so we're here to wait before we go because in all seriousness, New Zealand needs Jesus and Australia needs Jesus and it needs a, a church like you and I to flick that switch. When we start singing that song, uh, the Church of Christ was born and the Spirit lit the flame. Aren't you glad? He, my God, aren't you glad He lit the flame on the inside of you? Aren't you glad He... I think the, the language of the song's wrong. It shouldn't be the Church of Christ. It's actually the Assemblies of God because that's... Anyway, that's not funny. Um, So He commands us. 
Can, can I say the baptism in the Spirit? Let me say this. I do believe it, it's optional in terms of salvation. When we go to heaven, He's not gonna ask us if we're baptised in the Spirit and spoken tongues and filled with the Holy Ghost. He'll ask us, are you washing the blood of my son? But while we're on earth, the most important thing that can happen for the believer, not the unbeliever, but the most important thing that can happen for the believer is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the greatest gift God ever gave the world is the blood of His Son, Jesus. The greatest gift He ever gave the church is the power and the anointing of the Spirit of God. And so when he, you, you might be here, you might be serving and you might say, Dave, I'm hearing what you're talking about. You keep talking about people speaking in tongues. Oh, I, don't know if I, I, don't know what I, I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, I would come to church and I was minding my own business one day. The worship was good. I was listening to the velvet tones of Pastor Dan as he's leading the worship. To be honest with you, I, I was transfixed. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. Never a man sang like that man. But then during worship, person next to me, they started, they started speaking in bobo shan. I, I, they started speaking in tongues. And I'll be honest with you, it stressed me out a little bit. Let me tell you, everything you, you're seeing right here is because the foundation of this house is leaders and pastors that are filled with the Holy Spirit. And this thing's birthed because there was a go, but there was a wait somewhere in there. And in that waiting, the power of God came on. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about a waiting that's like, let's just sit around until Jesus comes. I mean, just a waiting can take two seconds. Holy Ghost, fill me. Jesus, baptise me in the Spirit. Or maybe it's a fresh anointing for 2020. I believe God wants to do something even tonight in the Name of Jesus. Can you say Amen in the house? And I gotta get moving. I'm just... I'm getting excited and forgetting what I've come here to talk about. Have you ever heard of Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah. Lawrence of Arabia. Now, I don't know too much about him and I haven't seen the movie. But I came across a story of Lawrence of Arabia, T.E. Lawrence. They said World War I was the war to end all wars. It was the war to end all wars. And so that the British Empire had probably spread as far as it could in terms of protecting its interests and taking territory and trying to take ground. And, and so they, they wanted their troops to come home after World War I, but they wanted to make some alliances with people and different tribes and different people groups to still maintain peace in the world and maybe... Uh, push the idea of a, a different way of life. And so they sent a, a, a key man in, in the armies of Britain by the name of T.E. Lawrence to the Middle East to what was the Ottoman Empire. And, he, and they sent him there and they said, look, uh, could you try and show these guys they don't need to be our enemy, they can be, they can be our friends and we can have some kind of camaraderie. So what he did was he went down to uh, a part of, uh, really what was Arabia at the time. And, and he, he found maybe a half dozen or a dozen chieftain leaders of nomadic tribes. And these tribes would literally live from watering hole to watering hole. They'd find a watering hole in the desert. When that went dry, that they would have enough supply to go and find another watering hole. Some tribes would literally disappear off the planet because they couldn't find water. And they, were, they, they, they would die of thirst and dehydration and then some would. And, and so basically these chieftains lived from watering hole to watering hole. Their only passion in life was to find water. So he says to these guys, 
Come with me to England, come with me to Europe and I'll show you a different way of life. And, 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 and so I'm not advocating whether that's the right thing or the wrong thing, the politics of it, I'm not trying to talk about. I wanna sh- show you what actually happened. These guys go with him. They go by ship and they, they get to London. And, and uh, of course, it's a very early part of the 1900s. And so London is a developing city. It has great infrastructure, but the hotels they were staying in, you'd still go down and get your pan of water and, and bring it to your room. You, you didn't have taps uh, like we do now or faucets, some people might call it. And, and, and so they, they, they didn't have running water in the hotels they were staying at. So they went and had a look at all the different sites in London and had a look around. And then they decided to go to Paris. They go to Paris and they stay in this brand new hotel. And in the hotel, each chieftain had his own room and he'd go to the, to the bathroom and in there was literally plumbed in, running water, one of the earliest hotels in the world to have the running water. They walk in there, they unscrew the tap and water comes out. Now to us, that's just normal. To be honest with you, we wouldn't stay in a hotel that didn't have that. (laughs) And so now it's, there wouldn't be a home in New Zealand that wouldn't have some form of running water. Here's the thing, to us that's normal but to a nomadic tribal leader from the deserts of the Middle East to go to a place and walk into a room and turn a silver knob and you have an endless supply of water, nothing else matters in the world. They wouldn't leave the hotel. They didn't go and see the Mona Lisa, so she moaned all by herself. They didn't go and see the Arc de Triomphe. If that was politically incorrect, I didn't know. I've offended somebody. Sorry, Lisa, I apologise. I don't know if, the, if there's any cultural mistake that I've made there, I'm innocent. I just didn't know. They didn't go to the Eiffel Tower. They didn't have a croissant. They, they, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't go to Louis Vuitton. They didn't, they didn't get to any of those places. They stayed in the hotel. Water on, water off. For a whole week, they literally wouldn't leave the hotel. Fact. The day they go to leave, T.E. Lawrence goes to secure their their, their ship tickets to get back to the Middle East comes back. The hotel's surrounded with police and, and, and there was just a massive commotion. And, and when he went inside, he realised that these guys had literally taken the taps out of the bathroom and put them in their bags to take home with them to the Middle East. And T.E. Lawrence says to them, hey, you've got it all wrong. You think it's the taps that are bringing the water but the taps are connected to pipes. The pipes are connected to bigger pipes. Those pipes are connected to a reservoir. Without being connected to a reservoir, your tap is never gonna give you water. They thought they could just take that tap, unscrew it there and water would come out. But unless that tap's connected to the reservoir, it's not gonna work. Can I say, we in New Zealand and Australia, our churches are the best looking taps you've ever seen. We have shiny taps, we have matte black taps, we have taps that now have sparkling water. We have taps, we have cold taps, hot taps. We have gold plated taps if you're really rich. We've got all kinds of taps. We've got outdoor taps, we've got indoor taps, we've got laundry taps, we've got bathroom taps. Maybe if you're one of those boots families, you've got a toilet with one of those little tiny sinks in there. It's got little tiny taps. You've got little taps. You've got a whole lot of taps happening. Let, let, me, tell, let me tell you something. None of the, no, no, no matter whether you've got a $50 tap from Reese's Plumbing or Bunnings or whether you've got a $500 tap from some homemaker centre, let me tell you, if it's not connected to water, the thing's useless. 
I mean, we can have... We can have the shiniest ministries. We can have the shiniest programs. We can have the shiniest initiatives. We can have the shiniest brochures. We can have the shiniest follow-up program. We can have the shiniest kids ministry. We can have big ministry, little ministry. We can have, we, we can have, we can have multi-campus taps. But let me tell you something, brothers and sisters, as long as those taps are connected to pipes that are connected to a river from heaven, then we've got something to pour out on the people around and about us. Let me... I'm saying all of that to say this. This is awesome. But I'll tell you what makes it awesome. It's connected. And as a leader, you're gonna pour something out. Can I encourage you? Get Get connected to the reservoir of heaven. Get connected. Basically, let me paraphrase. Jesus is saying, hey, don't just be a tap. Don't go out into all the world and be a tap first. Get connected to the river. Get connected to the power of God because out of your innermost being flows a river of living water. Bless God. Merry Christmas. Hallelujah. I'm getting happy just a little bit. I'll tell you. I'm not the best preacher in Adelaide at all. I don't have... Thanks, man. We don't have the best kids ministry. We don't have the best program. I mean, they're all good. We're doing our best. We're working hard. I feel like one thing that's working for us is we just made sure we stay connected to the reservoir of heaven. Heart and soul, this is not about... I'm not just talking to the the whole room, I'm talking to you. Individually, in your leadership, in your ministry, are you connected? Are you? Amen. We've been believing for that deliverance for a long, long time. It's just out in Jesus' name. There's six different descriptions in the book of Acts for Jesus' final command. I'm gonna give you as many of them as I can in the next 10 minutes, then we're gonna pray for people. Six different terms in the book of Acts for Jesus' final command. In Acts 1 and 5, we see the term, the baptism in the Spirit or baptised in the Spirit. Baptism is a Christian word now. We've got Christian words now, like communion. It's a Christian word now. Baptism's a Christian word. Like you could go to your neighbour's house and say, hey, I'm getting baptised on Tuesday. He might not fully understand what it means, but he's going to know that's a Christian thing. But baptism is actually a, a word that Jesus used, but he used a business term to describe a biblical principle. He said, you're going to be baptised in the Holy Spirit or, or baptised in water, baptised in the Holy Spirit. So when he starts to talk about the baptism in the Spirit, he talks about baptism or baptism in water. He uses the expression this way. And I, I think this is quite powerful because we now have so many different words to describe very similar things that we can talk about the same principle, but by using one expression, we know the full genre of that principle. But in, in a simpler time, language was more simple. So for example, the word baptism now is exclusively about baptising people, really. There's no other use for it because we've got new words to describe other variations of that concept. Are you, are you following? Yeah. Let me explain. Uh, for example, if, if, if uh, you hopped into a, into a ship, say the ship hit an iceberg or something happened and at perish at sea, we'd use the word sink. We know, we know the word sink really is about 
shipping and water and being submerged. They didn't have a specific word like sink or sunk or sank. I don't know if it's sank or sunk. If the ship sank, or had it sunk or had it sinked? I don't know. This is too heavy for me. It's a Wednesday night, Stephen. Uh, sank, thank you very much. Sank, someone Google that. Thank you very much, Siri. If you're on your Android, you're still trying to get your phone to load up. Um, the ship sank. The ship sunk. It was a sinkage. And the re- but, but, but in Bible times, if the ship sunk, they wouldn't use the word sunk. They'd use the word, the ship was baptised. Because they'd say, the ship was in the water, but now the water's in the ship. And so now it's baptised. The baptism in the Holy Spirit, you can come here every week and be in the presence of God. What's in the atmosphere here is here and you feel it. But here's the question. Is that same presence in you or are you just in it right now? You know, I don't wanna just be in the water. I want, I want the water in me. When you, when you, we don't dye clothes really anymore, but when you dye a garment, they'll put it in water. and No, they'll put it in dye and they'll pull it out when the dye and that which is being dyed fuse together. And so no longer is it in the dye, but now the dye is in the cloth. And then it comes out. We use the word dye. In Bible times, they would have said baptise. We often... We baptise our hair a lot. I don't want to pull that thread too much. But when we go to the hairdresser and we get the foil and they get that little basting brush and they put the colour in to cover all your, you know, sparkly greys, which I've got a few coming through. That's called ministry, that's children. And... (laughs) And... What happens? The dye, they don't just put it on and wash it off. They give it time for the dye to get into your hair. And that's the same as a baptism in the Spirit, sort of. I don't want to just, I don't want to just be in the presence. I want, to, I want it to be a thing, a thing where I don't know where church begins and I end. I don't know where it ends and I be. I, I feel like that, that's, that, that's the, the beauty of this, not just being a church collectively, but individually, because what this is, the church, the Spirit-filled church that we're a part of, we're baptised into one body, we're in it, it's in us. I don't know anymore. All I know is I'm the same colour, I smell the same, I look the same, because I've been in it so long, it's now part of me. Can I tell you what God wants to do in here? I pray it gets a hold of you and you leave this place absolutely overflowing with the power of God because no longer have you been in the presence of God, but now the presence of God is in you. Indivisible. Indivisible by the... Number two, Acts 1 and 8, another description or expression of Jesus' final command. It says, the Bible says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit's within you, but when you get filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I love that. The Spirit of God upon you. The Holy Spirit's in you for you. He comes upon you for the world around and about you. You know, Samson, people have seen like artists' renditions of Samson. And you've got big arms, you know. Calves that look like cows. <laughs> and to be honest with you, if he was in like a lineup with the police next to Goliath, you might not know who's who. But this is just conjecture. 
I could be wrong. I mean, do we have any Bible scholars here? Is there any Bible scholars in the house? It's good to know. <laughs> I can say anything right now. This is fantastic. I don't believe Samson looked like that. Because if he looked like that, when he had his head in Delilah's lap, she wouldn't have said to him, what's the secret of your strength? It was a secret. To me, this would have been obvious. What's the secret of your strength? Oh. And then he would have have been fine. Spirit of God had come upon him. And he'd, he'd killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. Of all the weapons. I feel like it's cumbersome, like it's... <laughs> I don't know, I've got to, I need to think this one through before I keep preaching it. <laughs> number, number three. The Bible says in Acts 2, 4, they were all filled with the Spirit. There's a moth on my iPad. Hello, moth. <laughs> got him. He's gone. He's gone to moth hell. Uh, heaven, moth heaven. He was saved. I just, the Lord just told me. They're all filled with the Spirit, fully furnished. Filled means not just filled. Think of your house. When I first got my house, I had a great house, just nothing in it. <laughs> just towels covering the curtains or the windows. Mind you, if the peeping Tom saw me getting changed, they'd actually take an offering and buy me curtains. <laughs> but you know, it's a little joke. <laughs> you think about when you get a house and then it starts to get furnished and it start, every room has stuff and that stuff has a place. Talking about being filled with the Spirit is an infilling that furnishes every space in your spiritual life with the power of the Holy Spirit. I want to keep moving. The Bible says in Acts 10, 44, uh, as Peter yet spake, the Holy Spirit fell. I love that. The Holy Spirit fell. He, he was preaching. Do you know what I love more than this? I've read when Peter talks about what happened in the following chapter. He starts talking about when the Holy Spirit fell. So you got, you got to understand, he's at Cornelius' house with all the Italians. They're eating linguine and getting filled with the Holy Ghost. It's fantastic. Oh, praise the Lord. You know. and, and, and so they called it the great ravioli revival. And so, so he, uh, Cornelius' house get filled with the Holy Ghost, you know, all about 120 people. And it was actually quite historical because no one really thought that the, the non-Jewish people who get saved, these Gentiles, now the Italians are getting filled with the Holy Spirit and, and God's touching them and God's doing a work of grace in their life. They're getting saved, baptised in the Holy Ghost. And then Peter starts talking about it. And this is what he says. He says in Acts chapter 10, 11, verse 15, he says, as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them as upon us at the beginning. I love that. God did today what He used to do then. You know, I don't want to always look back on good old days, but there's moves of God that we can build on. And, and so, you know, God did this when I was a teenager, but, but it's, it's like this again. There's a, a fresh move of the Spirit. Pastor Luke, I believe with all of my heart, I, I'm not, I feel this prophetically that uh, in the 70s, there was a charismatic renewal. My parents got saved in that. All of the Church of Christ in Adelaide just became Pentecostals and God started moving then. In the 1990s, there was a move of revival that came out of the United States and different nations and the river of God touched the church all over the world. And I believe we're due for a fresh revival of the Spirit of God. And so for me, I, I, I feel like when Peter's saying, 
It's just like last time, I, I feel like there's gonna be days where we go, oh man, this is like the move of God that I grew up in. It's not gonna be exactly the same. It'll be reminiscent, but God's gonna do something fresh. But it's gonna have, it's gonna still smell the same because it's the same Spirit from Genesis to Revelation, from the book of Acts under, under right now. And I'm, I'm nearly done. Maybe if a keyboard player can come. He said, it, well, Peter was preaching, the Holy Spirit fell. You know, the other day I was preaching in church on tithing. I was preaching on tithing. I've never seen a move of the Spirit after a message on tithing. I mean, it was a good message on tithing. I think I'd give it a six out of 10. So I started preaching this message on tithing. And there's this lady in our church and she's, I don't know how to say it uh, without being disrespectful. She's, she's old. No, you know, I'm not talking about like just in the twilight years. I'm talking old. Like when she came to church, I thought the paparazzi were following her, but it wasn't, it was archaeologists. She's so old. It's the first time I've ever told that joke. I actually wrote it down. This is the focus group for 2020. She's so, out, she's so old, her back goes out more than she does. But anyway. She was so old that when she was a girl, the Dead Sea was only sick. I asked her how old she was. She said, we don't know. We can only find that out through carbon dating. But... Uh, I'm teasing. She's a, she's a lady in her 90s. I'm preaching on tithing. I wasn't preaching on Pentecost, on anointing, on the river, on the Holy Ghost. I wasn't even preaching on faith or breakthrough or miracles. I was preaching on tithing. The next minute, she hits the ground screaming. And when someone in their mid-90s Hits the ground screaming halfway back without a catcher. Two things. At first, it's a little distracting <laughs> because you are worried. <laughs> you know. And, and so I quickly did the old thing that I'm not sure if you've ever had to do this over the years where you've tried to non verbally communicate with your wife. It's like. <laughs> Donna's like. My wife will never even try to understand my non She'll just go, what do, you, what do you say? I'm like, I think she's died. Can you check on her? I'm preaching on tithing. I, I'm, when Peter was preaching, he was preaching on grace. He was preaching on the anointing of Jesus. He, he preached, I was preaching on tithing. And at the back, only in my church, that's typical. I mean, in, in our church, there'd be people in our city that go, typical people fall out even when they talk about tithing. So she, she's out under the power of God, screaming, crying. And, and so I just sent Donna down to just make sure she was okay, you know, because I saw it happen. This woman had dementia. Power of God touched her. She's come back totally in her right mind. I'm telling you, totally in her right mind. She couldn't put... She couldn't put four words together. God's restored her ability to speak and talk and communicate. It's a, I mean, it's, a, it's like the kind of miracle that we sort of go, nah, God doesn't do that. It's the first time I've ever seen that. And it, so I'm preaching on tithing again. <laughs> Can I tell you, sometimes when you're speaking under the anointing of God, the Holy Ghost will fall. You know that word fall is the same word used for the embrace of the father to the prodigal son. 
Let me tell you, let me just say, give you a facet of the Holy Spirit. He's not just power and anointing and boom, He'll grab you, He'll lift you, He'll heal you, He'll restore you, He'll bring life into your world, He'll bring strength and blessing in the name of Jesus. Oh man, I'm pumped. The last thought says here in, in Acts chapter 19, they said, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? There's receiving the Holy Spirit. So there's Holy Spirit falling. I missed one. He said, I'll pour out my Spirit on all flesh. There's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit falls upon people. And then we see, receive. And the word receiving, did you, did you violently seize the Holy Spirit when you believed? In other words, placing a demand on the power of God. I think it's easy Sometimes we, we think we'll encounter God in worship. Do you know there's actually more we can go deeper in the presence of God? Do you know what I love about this service? You're all like born again church people. You're like, this is like Wednesday night where you can just let your hair down a little bit and just get a little Pentecostal and your right leg can start to go. And just So this is what we're gonna do. We've got 12 minutes and nine seconds left. Eight, seven, six. Let's all stand. Five. Uh, we're running out of time. Uh, I'm, 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 being, I'm being funny. Uh, we're actually going to finish early so we can all go to Burger Fuel. Pastor Luke shouting everybody. <laughs> this is what I want to do. What, 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 what are we, we should sing a song. Do you reckon we could just sing a song? Could, could we pick it right now? Like, can we go off the script? Let's sing Oh for a Thousand Tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. That would be, <laughs> if we could do that. Now, can we do, what key are you in? Are you in A? Are you in a? C, C, that, that's the coincidence. I've been preaching in C the whole time. Do you, do you think, can you just give me a strong C? Louder, louder. Someone, there you go. Mm. Could you go A? Could you do an A? Like, mm. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, we'll do that in a sec. Uh, but, but before we do that, this is a surprise, you don't know what we're going to sing. Uh, I'd love it if right across the room we could lift our hands to heaven. It's a believer's service, so you should be able to do that tonight. And, and, and you know, we're going to sing the song, but in a minute, we're going to worship in the Spirit. Paul says, I, I pray with my understanding, but sometimes I pray with my Spirit. Jesus said, those who worship me will worship in Spirit and in truth. So in just a minute, we're going to worship, we sing the song, but then we're going to just worship in the Holy Ghost. I'll show you how. We'll take some time to just touch heaven because I'm believing for a fresh anointing to come upon this house in the name of Jesus. Bless God. Are you happy? I know it's hard to clap with your hands raised, so keep them in the uplifted position, please, folks. Come on, let's just lift our hands all over the house. Oh, praise the name of the Lord our God. Oh, praise His name forevermore. For endless days we will sing Your praise. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord our God. Oh, praise the name of praise. Oh, 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 oh,
trample death, where is your sting? The angels roar for Christ again. Let's do that three times. And like build it a little bit. Then on the last time, everyone's gonna go crazy and we're just gonna get a little loose. That's my that's my trick. I've been doing that much. Here we go. It's not hard. Here we go. I'll, I'll help. Here we go. Lift your hands and say, then on the day. Hey, come on. And break up the
know, I want to pray for a couple of things and then close. I'd love you to stretch your hands out towards Pastor Steve. We're just going to come against these health challenges, bro, and believe God that this thing's broken in the Name of Jesus. But God, I take dominion right now in Jesus' Name. Church, just, let's just pull the volume back up here. Church, lift your voices, pray in the Holy Ghost and just healing to come. Lord God, for this virus to leave His ears right now in the Name of Jesus. I come against it right now in Jesus' Name. I break the power of it. Lord, according to Your Word, may He be healed and whole by the grace of God. Lord God, I thank You that this leaves and never returns right now. Devil, we adjure You right now in the Name of Jesus Christ. By the shed blood of Jesus, we rebuke You. We take authority over You. And right now, Lord God, in Jesus' Name, be healed right now. Be healed right now. Be healed right now. Be healed right now now in Jesus' Name. Church, give the Lord a hand of praise if you believe in the healing power of God. You know, I want to pray for two groups of people. You know, maybe you're here tonight, I'm just getting you to sing in the Spirit just a little bit. Maybe you just feel like that, 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 you got to tap, it's just not quite connected. Maybe it's coming out in spits and spurts and maybe you just don't feel like the language of heaven's flowing out of you like you want it to. Maybe you've never been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you've never spoken in tongues. Just right across the room, if that's you, just lift your hands where you are. Don't be ashamed, we're going to believe God. If you want to, if you want to. Can I get a little bit of house light, please, brethren, sisters, uh, so we can see who we're praying for. Bless God. Can I tell you, I'm going to, we're going to pray. I'm going to ask the whole church to pray right now at the end of the prayer. I'm going to count to three. The whole building's going to pray in the Spirit. You that lifted your hands, open up your mouth in just a minute. God's going to fill your mouth with the language of heaven. Church, can every person lift their hands right now? Let's just pray. We're going to pray to the Father in the Name of Jesus and we're going to ask Him to send the Holy Spirit. Church, let's all pray this together. Dear Lord Jesus, You are the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And right now, Lord Jesus, I'm asking You by faith, to fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Fill me with Your Spirit. Right now, Lord Jesus, I give You permission to touch me, to fill me, to empower me with the anointing of the Spirit of God. And right now, Lord Jesus, I yield my emotions. I yield my tongue. I cast aside fear. I cast aside doubt. I cast aside pride. And by faith, I ask in Jesus' Name that You would fill me with the Holy Spirit and fire in Jesus' Name. Go ahead, give the Lord a hand of praise. Give the Lord. Hallelujah. Hey, if you, if you lifted if you lift your hand and you say, God, I want you to fill me right now. I want every believer that's filled with the Spirit that, that can and has an active spirit prayer language in your will. We're gonna, I'm gonna count to three. I'm gonna ask the whole house to just chuck their hands up and begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You that just prayed that prayer, you're filled, you ask God to fill you. And so that gift's already on the inside of you. So by faith, 
When I count to three, every hand lifted across the house one more time. When I count to three, I just want everyone in the house to open up your mouth and just quickly begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. Every person, some of you freaked out, just go for it. Trust God, it's a Wednesday night. Anything could happen on a Wednesday night just when you thought it was safe to come to church. In the Name of Jesus. One, two, three, now in Jesus' Name. Spirit of God. There it is. Guys, it's filling people. Come on, church, just stir it up a little more. Just lift the volume a little bit if you can. I release that anointing in the Name of Jesus. In the Name of Jesus. Hey, this, this lady right here, just stand right there. I'm gonna need an usher to stand with her. The parrot, lift your hands to heaven. The power of God's gonna touch you. In the Name of Jesus, right now. Someone's getting happy back there. In the Name of Jesus, Father, fill the house in Jesus' Name. Somebody shout for just a minute, just now in Jesus' Name, touch her with a fire of God. That's it, it's all over you from your head to your toe. One, two, three, power from heaven. Jesus' Name, in the Name of Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands and bless Him for one minute. I gotta finish, I got four seconds. Just put them down for one more minute. If you're sick in your body and you need a miracle, this is my last prayer that I will pray in New Zealand until bedtime tonight. If you need a, if you need a healing, a healing in your physical body, just quickly lift your hands to God. The God of heaven and earth is in the house. Right now in Jesus' Name, be made whole. Be healed, Pastor Liz, in Jesus' Name. The healing power of God comes upon you right now. Jesus, touch it. It's the power of God. I break this thing right now. I break its power. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Healed in Jesus' name. Right across the room. Be loosed. Be loosed. Be loosed. Be healed. Be made whole by the power of God. Oh, Jesus. Hey, in the name of Jesus, touch past Marilyn. Fresh oil from heaven. Healing power of God. Just lift your hands. I've got a hand back. There's just a touch. There's a touch in the room. Fill her, Jesus. Fill her, Jesus. Just one more time. Lift your hands. Let him fill you all over the room. There's healing and all. There's healing grace. Sister, just raise your hands to God. In the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed and made whole by the power of God. Touch her, I pray. In the name of Jesus. Loose that anointing. Church, just lift your hands and bless Him tonight. He's worthy. Pastor Stephen, thank you for having me. I love you, brother. just collectively what everything that we believe as we celebrate Jesus and who He is and His presence is in and through us
without love Till from heaven you came running There was mercy in your eyes To fulfill the law and prophets To a virgin came the word From a throne 